0: Thanks for listening to Carcast on Podcast One. Rockauto.com. Why spend thirty to fifty percent, even a hundred percent more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to rockauto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for twenty years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, Write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com.
1: Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the motorator, Deandria here with her friend Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com. How are you?
2: I'm good, Matt. Thank you. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. We're uh, we're a man down today. Uh, Goldberg has uh, he legit? He has a doctor appointment to examine his knee. There was damage done on his knee. For those of you who are thinking, "Hey, it was part of this show." It's SummerSlam. Uh, no, it's not just part of the show. The man's down. He's what are you going to do? He's he's injured. Um, but uh, yeah, glad to have you on the show. It's uh it's it's. It feels like it's been a minute, although I, I think you're on not too long ago. You've just been uh, running around doing a bunch of things, uh, going kind of above and beyond, doing some fun stuff. Of uh, you know, we talked about initially. I, I think last week we talked about the initial reactions to the Ford Raptor, the revised Raptor Gen Three, I guess Raptor we call it. Uh, and we've kind of been waiting on this uh, Tesla Plaid, and you've been doing a deep dive into this thing and having some fun with it for sure. Uh, so we definitely want to talk about, talk about that. And then, uh, if not this week, we'll get into it next week, but um, our friends over at Hennessy just dropped off the Hennessy TRX, the Ram TRX, the Mammoth 1000. It is a 1000 horsepower TRX and it's been uh quite modified with a magnuson supercharger i believe and uh, a number of other bits and stuff in it and it is uh it is impressive to say to say the least now that being said we all know that goldberg has been testing his uh goldberg's garage package it's a modified uh supercharger package for his trx and now that that testing has been done uh he sent it back for a twin turbo, so <laughs> um, his his like nine hundred and eighty horsepower wasn't enough. I think he's going for twelve or something hundred horsepower. And and by the way, uh, just to follow up, uh, Alistair, his charger that we talked about, he's doing the twin turbo charger has the parachute in the back and the you know the big tires and and the roll cage and stuff. So. Uh, the initial dyno test came in at about 1,500 horsepower, and then um, when they spun a bearing and rebuilt the motor, they did some other mods. And uh, I think on race gas, um, I think he said he's putting down just over 1,700 at the tires. <laughs> it's like 1,723 or something like that. So uh, and he's got I that car.
2: I I always thought the TRX needed more power. I thought that was its fundamental issue.
1: Yeah, right. That's that's what I thought too. Was the TRX at 707 horsepower was a little light, little weak sauce, and now, uh, now they got the hot sauce in there because uh, it's it's fun. I I just I just opened it up. I was just getting on the on the freeway this morning, and there's just a small bit on the small freeway where there's where there's no traffic before you just pile into LA traffic and you can't do anything. And, uh, just put it in its sport mode as instructed by the guys at Hennessy. Put it in sport mode, hammer it down, and it, it's, it's a little scary. It's a little scary fast. And maybe it doesn't need the big off road tires. And it's, it started kind of weaving in the road a little bit, but man, this thing just, just squats down and takes off. So, uh, but it did it with a bunch of fabulous noise unlike what you've been driving recently, which is zero, zero, basically zero noise. Uh, let's get into that a little bit. You got your hands on a Tesla Plaid. I'm sure your, your, your friends over at Tesla handed one over, no questions asked.
2: Yeah, they haven't really been speaking to us since we did the EV <laughs> range testing. So, um, yeah, we ended up, there are companies out there, I don't know if you've used them, Matt, but they, um, they basically supply cars to the industry. So if you're developing X car, you can actually rent from them one of the rivals because sometimes it's difficult for manufacturers to actually get hold of the competitive vehicles. So we used them and we actually rented this car for about five days. It cost us four grand, so quite a chunky investment. So we did all sorts of things with them full full instrumented testing. We did some drag racing that we can get into and everything else. But finally, got our hands on all 1,020 horsepower. Well, that's Tesla's claim anyway, of the of the plaid. And believe me, it feels like 1020 horsepower. It's, uh, it's a very different experience because you're right about it. I mean, obviously, I've driven the TRX and other cars, GT500 we own and things like that with, with, some, you know, with getting on 700, 800 horsepower. But when you get that instantaneous shove of an EV and everything's silent, yeah, it's, a, it's an experience unlike anything you've, ex- you've had before. It's extraordinary. And there's a fantastic footage in the film of Jonathan L. and our head of testing where we, where we run all our figures that that plaid is right on the edge of what's feasible at our test track, um, but we gave it a go and is able to do the quarter mile successfully. But we were pulling over just over 150 at the end of the quarter, which is pretty hairy on a on a on a relatively uh, tight tight um, tight straight at the test track. So
1: walk us through. You guys got a hold of this thing. You you grabbed a rental Tesla uh, plaid and. The Plaid, is, is it outfitted? There's not like a Plaid competition package or sport package or whatever. So you get the Plaid and that's pretty much equipped with everything. There's not really many options you can get. I don't know if, if like their autopilot crap can, can, is optional yeah.
2: still. It, yeah, the, uh, the full self-driving, which is anything but. Um, that's, to, that's a ten grand option. I think you can subscribe monthly now. The only other thing that you can do, which was fitted to our car, and I suspect most people will go for, is the bigger wheel rims, which actually has quite a big impact on the range. Um, but but those, most people will go for it because it looks cool and probably gives you a slight... I, I haven't driven it on the on the smaller rims. So that's basically it, yeah, apart from a, a different colour of paint, different wheel rims, and and away you go. So this one, so the one that we had is, you know, one hundred and thirty five uh, 135 grand. Um and then, Thousand and twenty horsepower,
1: and then you could add their 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 autopilot or whatever for ten grand. So you can spend one hundred forty five thousand on this thing if you if you really yeah, want or,
2: it to. Or, or 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 you rent it, yeah, yeah, or or you rent it, or, or I mean, so you, yes, you you lease can now it. lease the uh, the the autopilot thing, so yeah.
1: Oh right, yeah, yeah, the autopilot thing. Can you,
2: yeah. Okay, so yeah, subscribe and then, is the word I'm looking for subscribe, you subscribe there you go. to it rather than
1: you could get your 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 monthly your monthly payment onto that. Um, walk us some start with the car some of the differences of the car like one of the things I noticed was a, a, a bit of a fender flare going on. Is that just in the rear is that on all four corners are there there are some subtle differences on the car, right?
2: There are some subtle differences. Um, you get a, a slightly flared wheel arches, basically, so they can accommodate the, the larger wheels and tires. You get a, a modest sort of diffuser type thing at the rear to to help with the airflow. Now, in theory, the, the Plaid will do 200 miles an hour, uh, but at the moment, Tesla hasn't quite sorted that out. So it's limited electronically to 163 at the moment. And apparently, if you buy one at some point in the future, they will update the software and now you can do 200. But... You know, when that will be, who knows? Um, and then apart from a really subtle little carbon fiber uh, lip spoiler on the, on the trunk, that's pretty much it, which I kind of like. I, I said in the, in the video that we did on the YouTube channel right now, um, the full review, I said it, it actually reminds me of the Mercedes 500e from the 90s, which Porsche developed for Mercedes and was a really cool car, proper sleeper mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Q car, as we used to say in Europe. And and I like that. It doesn't. I mean, there's a very tiny plaid badge on the trunk, but that's it. So compared to something like an M5 or a AMG Mercedes, it's it's really subtle, really understated.
1: So let's talk a little bit about uh I mean, might as well just jump into to the performance of this thing. In in your video, you did a full you know, you did a full walk around, and you did you brought it out to your test track, and you had your your team out there as well, and your test driver started it off with with the drag racing. Uh, and you know, as you can imagine, it's impressive, right? It's all wheel drive. It's um, I guess three motors. Are they all three motors, or are they were there four motors ever in a in a Model S?
2: No, I mean the Plaid is the first to have three motors. So you got one at the front, two at the rear. Okay,
1: gotcha. Oh, what was the previous one? Single motor or dual motor?
2: No, they've been... Um, I can't remember if was ever an S with a single motor. I forget now. But but basically, the, the choice today is either two motors. Or everything's got all-wheel drive, but it's either two motors or three on the plaid.
1: Okay. Uh, and it's putting down 1,023?
2: And, 1,020 horsepower a is thousand, what Tesla's claiming.
1: 1,020 horsepower. Do we... I I don't know how we calculate torque on those things, but what is the sort of the translation of of, of torque?
2: I, I believe the torque is around a thousand and fifty. Okay, Um, a pound feet, and obviously that's it's a different kind of torque. You know, that's an in, instantaneous torque as well, which just kind of heightens the the feeling of power or yeah. feeling of performance.
1: And how would you guys end up doing in the quarter mile? I mean, the video is out there. You guys should definitely watch it because it's a good deep dive into this vehicle. Um, But uh, go ahead and uh, tell us how how you did out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, this is where we get into Tesla's approach to PR, if you like. Um, You know, most manufacturers, Porsche particularly, will tend to understate their performance claims. Tesla tends to go in the opposite route. And they had a real headline claim for this car that it would do 0 to 60 in 1.99 seconds. And this was what was... Been bandied about on Twitter, and it's the fastest acceleration car of all time. I know there's some debate about the Rimac at the moment, but arguably the Rimac isn't actually a proper production car, uh, and certainly isn't 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 being delivered yet. So for now, the Plaid still owns that mantle. Tesla claimed the 1.99 seconds zero to sixty, and a quarter in uh, I think 9.23. Uh, I think it was at about 155. Yeah, 9.23 at 155. The challenge with that uh, is that Tesla did two things. One, they included rollout, which is something obviously that happens in drag racing, but doesn't happen in the real world. So we never include rollout. And secondly, they used a pre-prepared surface, so they basically used a, a prep drag strip. Right. So they to give you a, they went to, to, additional to a,
1: they went to a drag strip, and they basically said we we brought the car here, and you know we all know anybody who's looking at these numbers knows what what that means. It's a drag strip, so we know there's a bit of a rollout. We know that it's uh, it's it's a stickier track. There's rubber down. There's the you know there's. Uh, you know the, the the track is prep for it, so you know it's an aggressive number. I agree with you. Like why why advertise the you know the drag strip number? But I guess in some, I I guess uh, Dodge did it right with the uh, with the uh, demon. Right? They're like, hey, you know, in drag strip form with the with the tires and the skinnies in the front that you can buy, that thing runs nines.
2: I guess my point would be that the Demon was very set up as a specialist car for drag strips. The, the, the Plaid is basically being set up as an everyday car for, for driving around the city. But I, I, I take your point. So I can give you our figures if you like. So our track is basically asphalt as you would find it on a, a, a normal street. Uh, we do measure, we do calculate the rollout. So I can give you that. But we don't tend to quote that because obviously there's no rollout on the high street. So we hit zero to 60 in 2.3 uh, quarter mile in 9.4 at 150.8. So basically we were just about three tenths down on uh, on Tesla's plane. But if you factor in the rollout, because we can calculate it, rollout was worth 0.24 of a second. So we're basically a tenth slower than Tesla, but we're on a on a proper street surface. So. Yes, we're slower than Tesla, but it's still an astonishing figure.
1: I, I mean, you're, add- a, a tenth—you're talking about a tenth at these speeds. That's that's impressive. I mean, uh, impressive for Tesla's claim, and impressive uh, for the car to be able to recreate it uh, as well. And you know, impressive for for your driver to to, yeah. to nail that number and. Uh, just out of curiosity, obviously, it, you know the video needs to be edited to you know to make it entertaining and time constraints. How many times did you run it? I mean, th- was it was it within a tenth or two every time, or 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 not?
2: So it, the How video is actually there. Yeah. The, I think you've seen the film Matt, of the actual testing. And and Jonathan, we had a GoPro running on his 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 run. And his reaction is extraordinary because he said that the test track's quite narrow. So, of course, once you get once you, I think we've all been there. Once you get above hundred, everything you kind of feel the vision narrows anyway. And his reaction is fantastic, way better than mine. I was hosting the film, but his his reaction is ten times better than mine. Just, and also you can see the adrenaline. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty built guy, and you can actually see the kind of like the muscles. I, like, I,
1: I see his death grip on the wheel going, ah, oh, <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah, we, we, we can come on to the yoke in a minute. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we were, you know, we were just like, again, one and a half tenths behind Tesla's quarter and, uh, you know, 151. And what's interesting is most EVs, they're very fast off the line, but then once you get above like 60 miles an hour or something, they start to tail off in performance. This thing doesn't. It just keeps pulling and pulling and pulling. And we did do a series of a series of runs and didn't suffer too much de- degradation. When we took it drag racing, which is another film that we've done, which we could talk about, that we did feel a bit of a performance drop off as the charge went down and as the day went on. We did start to notice that it wasn't quite pulling as as hard as it um, as hard it has. But you know, crazy, crazy figures. And you know, the fact that it is so accessible is, you know, it, it is basically like a thousand horsepower golf cart. I mean, we've talking about the TRX, you know, what you were saying about coming off the highway, I had a TRX on the Willow Springs the other week and, you know, it's a handful and, you know, you put your foot down the TRX, there's a cacophony of noise and things squirming around a little bit. Same with a super McLaren or even something like an M5. You're very, it's a very visceral experience. You're very conscious, of a lot of noise, a lot of movement, everything else. Yeah. This thing just squats and goes. So I think people will get into trouble with this thing because you, you really have to recalibrate your brain to understand how fast you're going and what it's doing because it's utterly fuss-free. There's plenty of grip, and you have to go through this whole process before you can actually do a run. The car, like, trips itself. It cools the batteries. I think that took seven minutes before it actually was ready to go. Then it lowers itself on the air suspension into what they call cheetah mode. Like There's a whole palaver. If you ever turned up at a drag strip with it on a normal day, it would be a disaster because you'd be sat there on the line for 10 minutes (laughs) with like everybody getting super pissed off behind you. So um, it's a whole thing. I mean, it's pure theater. And as we say, it's like, it's kind of ridiculous. The whole thing is like, how can we make as much noise on Twitter as possible and then engineer engineer a car backwards from there?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I saw the bit about prepping the car. The the car has to like, you know, get the batteries to the proper temperature and it sits itself down. This isn't like launch, you know, launch control or some drag race mode. And, you know, in a lot of the cars we've seen today, Porsches and muscle cars and Mustangs and Dodge and all that stuff. And there was another video floating around of, of the Rimac versus the Plaid Plaid. Uh, but uh, yeah, the way that was cut together was like, let's just bring them to the line. You're good, you good. Thumbs up and drag race. They didn't sit there and go, all right, give the give the plaid nine and a half minutes to figure itself out. They get itself rep. It has to stretch first. <laughs> uh, so they they kind of either skip that or whatever. But although I don't know that they were going quite as fast as what you were going. Maybe if it's not as As prepped, and maybe this is a question. As as you said, when you get into the drag race video, if you just brought the Tesla out as fast as it can go without doing the full prepped, I mean, does it run nine fifties, nine eighties, or is it you know still pretty pretty close?
2: It's a good question, right? And I've driven it in obviously in 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 that trim, uh, both on the road and on our track, and actually, you know. to, to, to sort of just jump in and drive it, you probably wouldn't wouldn't tell, tell the difference. I mean, it is, on the road, it's absurd because it's just way too quick for for anything. And what you don't get, as again, is that kind of supercar theatre. You know, it's just a big 4,800 pound, you know, four-door sedan, do it, you know, with 1,000 horsepower. So actually you end up just sort of tickling it around town. And what is actually, to, to Tesla's credit, it's not... Difficult to drive the throttle modulation and things like that. It's not that you're sort of scared of the car because it's so powerful. Actually, you can drive it around at 20 miles now. Which, let's face it, most people buying this car are gonna are gonna do it in Palo Alto or wherever it may be. And you know, I just came to conclude it's if you look at the grip, I think it did 1.02 on 2G on our lateral grip test, and that's the same as an M5. We did braking tests; it was marginally behind an M5. So there's tons of grip. You know, it's a very competently engineered car, but I wouldn't say it's it's fun to drive. And the way that we kind of describe it in the film is it's like an electric muscle car. You know, like old-fashioned American muscle cars yeah. were, were great at yeah. going a straight line, probably had grip, but weren't that much fun to drive. And, and this is this is the same, insanely fast, but it always feels like a big, heavy sedan. It's not as if you're going around the corners, I don't think it's as much fun to drive as a Model Three, which is a lot lighter and more agile and nimble and that sort of thing. So, okay, you know, but, I don't think it's as much fun as an M5 or an AMG Mercedes. But,
1: but if you compare it to something with a similar weight, how, how does it? If you say Tesla Plaid versus Lamborghini Urus,
2: I think the Urus is more fun to drive. Um, and obviously you've got uh, the noise. And everything. You've got I was noise really impressed by the Eros. The
1: yeah. The, and the noise is, is fantastic in that vehicle, but I don't know. I'm guessing they're probably somewhere around the
2: same weight. It, yeah, they probably are. Matt. And it's, I, I think the Tesla feels a little bit, um, doesn't feel as agile as, I mean, Lambo did a, you know, they did a fantastic job with the, the Eros, the way that it drives. And then we get into the yoke. I don't think the yoke helps with that experience mm-hmm. either. Um, and maybe the, the sort of the way that it breaks and uh, there's just the model they're get me wrong the model s is 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 extremely competent through the corners there's tons of grip it will hang on well you know that the, then you get this sort of you can't turn the stability control off but it's got torque vectoring at the rear which basically means it's desperately trying to move the the power around to to improve the agility through corners and, and that's that doesn't work massively well in this car it's only functioning on the rear So, you know, I don't want to overstate it. You know, you get into it, you'll have a smile on your face because it's so crazy fast and it's such an experience, but it's not a, it's not an M5 rival in the way that it kind of goes around a track or something like that.
1: Okay. Well, fair enough. I mean, I, I mean, it's a good thing to note and it's a good comparison, but is, is that what, what Tesla was even claiming? They're just saying we've got a really fast sedan and we've made some mods to it, uh, I never really—I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm sort of behind on this. But I never really thought of the Model S as as a like like a super handling high performance sedan. I never thought it. I speed wise, right? It's fast. I get it. They're fast, and that's fun. But I—I I never would think, oh, should should somebody get an M5 or should somebody get the Model S?
0: I, I don't know. I just
1: kind of felt like, you know, throwing around. I mean, look, what we're talking about are super sedans, so how much track time you're really going to do in them. Um, you know, there are a few people for sure, but, you know, most people tend to to pick up their muscle car, or their sports car, and and hit the track. You know, every time I do a track day at at Willow Springs, granted, only a couple times a year, it's a bunch of Porsches and Mustangs and Corvettes and stuff. And I'm usually the guy that shows up in like, like you said, like an Urus press car or, or, or some crazy SUV because, you know, like I've been out there with the, uh, the Alfa Romeo SUV. I've been out there with the Lamborghini SUV, you know, because I had the opportunity to go, oh, if I'm going to go out there, let's try to bring something that no one else is going to bring. And if, sure enough, I'm the only one out there with one of those things. You know, it's not that they don't perform. It's just not what's the common use of of those cars.
2: I think it's a fair point. I mean, if you look at the way they set it up, you know, the seats are, you know, these are not chunky Ricaros with lots of side support. They're, they're They're sort of comfy executive chairs. So I don't think they've set it up that way i think it's just when you develop a, a performance sedan with a thousand horsepower maybe it comes with it a certain sort of mindset that this thing is going to be you know performing in a certain way and they could have gone in that direction i mean it's got tons of grip you know you could have easily sort of retuned the interior a little bit to make it feel more aggressive if you like more uh, more sporting but but they haven't done that instead they right. the big thing inside is the yoke and maybe we should talk about the yoke.
1: Yeah, just uh, one second. Let me get into this uh, Craig Pocket Hole Jig, the 520 Pro. Now anyone can easily create perfect, strong pocket hole joints with the Craig Pocket Hole Jig 520 Pro. It's the most versatile pocket hole jig yet. It works with a wide variety of materials and it's great for all types of indoor and outdoor wood projects. The Craig Pocket Hole Jig 520 Pro comes with everything you need. It has the drill and driver bits, a material gauge, a a Craig Classic Face Clamp, a 100 uh, Craig Pocket Hole Screws, and a project plan. It retails for just $99.99. It's available nationwide at Home Depot, Lowe's, and other home centers, woodworking, and hardware stores. You can build pocket, pocket hole you can build pocket hole projects anytime, anywhere. Learn more at craigtool.com. That's K-R-E-G tool.com. Yes, yeah, so your point about the about the interior is you've got this incredibly powerful high performance sedan. And we've come to expect with the high performance variants of, of vehicles uh, that yeah, you get more of a sportier seat, or you get some, you know, some, some different different things going on. Maybe uh, easily accessible controls to things like you know Ferrari and the, the steering wheel knob, and you know uh, an M button, you know, or uh, you know a sport button, or just something that's a little more accessible than on the normal variants of those cars. And uh, and the Tesla doesn't quite seem to have that now i uh i i know we want to get into this lack of steering wheel thing um it uh it looks interesting there's kind of a reason why cars didn't go down this route right Uh,
2: there is because it's stupid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it's stupid very well because i've realized i and i'm getting I, I don't know whether you've seen my social or anything or edmund's social the last 24 hours but we're getting so much uh, uh issues going on i'm getting absolutely vilified across the world across the world but i actually got when i was talking about the skid pad i said 1.02 i actually checked 1.06 but a nice nice little factoid the peak longitudinal g so that's the g that you feel off the line 1.26 so you're actually getting more g yeah this way longitud i don't know why i'm making hand signals it's a podcast but <laughs> you're getting more g off the line longitudinally than you would laterally in a in in like a steering pad situation a skid pad situation so there's a factoid but yeah sorry back to the back to the to the uh to the yoke uh, or the joke
1: in the joke. <laughs> Um, i I'm not sure what the motivation here is you made a good point in your Twitter. video it's you know it's it's just a, to 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 cause conversation it's you know you're right to get a Twitter discussion to get a, a social media discussion going on um i I don't I don't think it's practical look if you got into the car and you said hey uh you only need to turn the wheel ninety degrees. That's it. That's the maximum it does. It's basically an F1 car at this point. Then I would say, eh, this could be this could be interesting. There's probably a little little uh too aggressive a steering ratio for most people around town. But if you said it only has to go ninety degrees, and I'm doing hand gestures as well, if you only have to go ninety degrees to do a full turn, then then sure, Graham is gonna love it and go, hey, this is just like my indie car. But uh as as you're Doing the three-point turn and, and looking for the rest of the wheel. I don't know what you're doing at that point, just slapping onto the top of the the, the flat part of the wheel. And it's, it seemed interesting, but uh, yeah. So the question is, I'll I will definitely get into it and talk about it, but when you're driving it around town and you're doing just normal turns, just a sort of a 90 degree turn you're coming down the street you're turning into the neighborhood um you know a lot of cars you can kind of get that done without hand over hand Uh, but you can slide your hand around on the wheel (laughs) the steering wheel so Aside from the three-point turn and the hokey forward and reverse you should explain to people who haven't seen the video yet, uh, can you just drive it and turn? I mean, are, are your arms crossing if you just do a 90-degree turn, if you just turn into a Ralph's parking lot?
2: Yeah, well, I tried. Um, I, I did. That. I mean, we drove. Most of the, the film was actually shot at track, but I to take the car out on the road. And yeah, if you're just driving around like you know highway on ramps and things like that, it's most of the time it's it's okay. Although those highway things where you know you do like a one eighty, yeah, uh, you know if you if you're changing direction or that sort of thing, going south or north, then, you know it can be an it, it it can be an issue. And I think if you're trying to maneuver in a car park or something like that, it's it's a problem. And then we took it on our. On our test track, we have a like a low grip, tight handling circuit which designed to simulate driving on ice. That kind of thing. It's a very low grip surface, and we took it on there just to get a feel for the um, for the steering. and And there, it just fell apart. And I posted something on my Instagram. We've run cars. You were know there, well, Matt, uh, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. went live yesterday. And I put it on Twitter, and that's really blown up. Then we've we've shared it as well there, and you can see it in the film. You can see it on social. It just, it just doesn't work. And one of my, you know, one of my thoughts is, is this thing actually legal? Because you might, you are conscious if you're just on the highway or something, fine. But you'd be surprised around town how much you naturally just kind of feed the wheel and stuff if you're doing tight manoeuvres, probably without even thinking about it. And, you know, it's a big issue and especially a big issue in something that fast. It, it kind of, you would get used to it after a while, but it's still, it's never a better solution than a steering wheel. It's always going to be a worse solution. And the other thing that was driving me nuts was they've got rid of column stalks altogether. So everything is either on the steering wheel or on the screen, on the touchscreen. So if you want to use the indicators, they're on the left, that's for your left thumb. So your left thumb does both turn right and turn left, which feels a bit counterintuitive instead of having right under your right thumb and left under your left thumb. Yeah, okay. But then also when you are trying to feed this thing, you know, you're, you bipping the horn, you're, you know, you're trying to grab the wheel and the horns going off and the windscreen wipers are going off because they're all like little haptic controls on the, on the yoke itself. So I was trying to do this thing. And again, it happened to be on the road as well. And suddenly I'm like, why is this guy I've got the indicator on? I hadn't realized. And then the windscreen wipers going and then the horns and the horn playing. It's <laughs> it's nuts. And what really frustrates me on this car, and what I'm taking so much grief for um, on the YouTube comments and everything else is, you know, it, it it just feels like they've sat down and said, how can we generate as much free marketing dollar for this for the Model S, which is now an old car. It came out in 2012. How can we create as much buzz around the Model S as possible for an old aging car because Mercedes is bringing out the EQS, Porsche has the Taycan, et cetera, et cetera. And they said, right, we're going to get the steering wheel from Knight Rider's kit and stick it in a thousand horsepower sedan and i just think it's stupid i think it's i think it's dangerous i think it's irresponsible um and it's 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 just a bad it's a bad answer to a question nobody asked okay well <laughs> i i
1: i i agree with you i think the execution of these features is a little weird uh you know like why do that but we do see time and time again car companies dragging out the life of a vehicle platform and and just throwing bits and pieces onto it to try to make it more fun, right? Like you said, Model S is getting a little long in the tooth. You know, the overall platform. So you do these updates, right? I mean, look at look at I mean to be fair, look at anything from Dodge. (laughs) You know I don't know what version of the you know, how how long the challenger's been out or the Charger's been out, but it's 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 been a minute. And they're like, it's fine. We'll just keep adding horsepower and fender flares and it'll, and it'll sell like hotcakes. And it does. Yeah. Right? Because it's, I don't know, it's arguably well executed. You know, the the Challenger does well. The Charger sells twice as many and it does well. And it's, you know, it, it's just done in a way where people are like, okay, it's cool. I like it. It makes sense. It's more power. It's wider. It handles better. Like we're just making improvements to it over time. You know, um, you know, look at all the look at Viper, (laughs) you know, uh, how long has Viper been out? And they just kept adding more and more horsepower to it. I think um, tell me about the uh, on the on the screen on the dash or sort of this forward and reverse uh, slider. Um, So you got to kind of slide your finger up and down for forward and reverse. Uh, I'm sure you can explain it better than I can. But my thought on it was, is yes, you were on the track and you did the low grip stuff. But I'm just thinking, you're kind of in a rush. People are backed up. They want your spot at Whole Foods, and you've you've got to back out and pull forward or do a three point turn before traffic comes. Like that's the part where it seems weird. Like I get the the track in icy conditions is crazy but what if you're just literally have to do a 3 point turn in the middle of the road it's not just the yoke but you now you have to let go of that thing which i guess you're going to have to do anyway because there's there's only half the things to grab onto and then slide it back and forth like i know you're on the track but did you just i don't know did you just go to whole foods or something and try to get through that parking lot <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, like I took it to a Tesla Supercharger and moved it around a, a car park, that kind of thing. The way it works is the car is supposed to sense whether it kind of predicts which way you want to go. So let's say that you pull nose first into your garage at night. The car sensors will pick up that your park, you know, your park nose onto the wall and then automatically select reverse. So if you then hit the brake pedal, it will go into reverse automatically and away you go. That works pretty well most of the time but not all the time if there's like a fence or something rather than a wall it would seem to be getting a little bit confused failing that you go into if you want to you know if you want to choose yourself maybe you're in a a parking spot where you could go forward or you could go back then you have to go to the the um, touch screen which is now a big portrait screen similar to what it is in a model 3 and then you swipe up to go back at no is that right no you swipe down to go back and then up to go forwards um and obviously there's only one 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 gear forwards and one gear back and then it will engage the right gear and then away you go now there's a question then of what happens if the screen fails as it's been wont to do in, in teslas over the years then there is apparently a redundancy underneath where the phone charger is which should give you additional touch controls and in theory they come on and activate if the screen goes dead but we weren't able to um weren't able to test that it's another little quirk i mean the model 3 i have has a column stalk and i would much prefer that as a solution and again i think it's just sort of getting into a level of um of gimmickry that that, that doesn't you know i i understand it's a talking point but it doesn't feel like a particularly good solution i mean i don't want to feel like you know i feel like i'm beating up on the car and there were you know there, there was a lot of things there's a lot of things tesla still does really well a supercharged network it's fantastic it did it almost hit its EPA range figure, which is been the first Tesla ever has. But I think we're only three miles shy. So it'll do 350 miles in, in the real world, which for such a big, heavy, powerful car, is, is exceptional. So there's a, a lot of things it does it does right. It's obviously very spacious. You can get four or five people into it, plenty of trunk space. And
1: it's cool. hitting the numbers. It's hitting the performance numbers. Like Like you said, all things considered, if it was apples to apples, they're basically almost dead on, maybe a tenth.
2: Yeah. And it's you know, a thousand, you know, you are getting a thousand horsepower car for 140 grand, which is a huge sum of money. But, you know, what do you have to pay for a thousand horsepower in a, you know, in a gas car? You're getting into, unless you're doing like the Hennessy, but I guess the Hennessy is more than 130 grand. Isn't it? Or roughly, how much is the Hennessy truck? Yeah,
1: actually, I, I believe this truck came in. Um, don't quote me on it. I'll, I'll look at the numbers that they gave me, but I think it was about 150,000 bucks. So yeah. it's, and you go right around the tuna there. market.
2: And everything else, yeah, yeah it's right. So, around So yeah, there. I mean, it's a at one level. It's a hell of a thing. I just, you know, my, you know, my broader, my broader feeling is that what does it offer over a model standard Model S? Uh, you know, the standard Model S is forty thousand dollars less, travels further on a single charge, the range is longer, is still insanely quick. It's still a three second to sixty car so you know actually above that the plaid is all about the ego it's all about talking about you know talking about it in the cocktail bar that you had to buy the the plaid i know we can say that about other supercars but it, it really stood out for me the other thing Matt, that, that, that troubled me was build quality again i mean we keep saying this but there were significant issues with this car trim coming away panel gaps not right things not lining up that should have lined up and you know, 140 grand and the material choice was really little better than my model three, which is 40 grand. And, you know, as newcomers hit the market, the EQS we've driven, the Mercedes is, uh, you know, the quality inside that or a Porsche Taycan, it's way beyond the Tesla. And maybe, you know, this is a, this is an older car now, there'll come a point where Tesla can't just keep claiming about, you know, zero to 60 and, you know, fancy steering wheels. There'll come a point where things like build quality, interior quality, all that sort of stuff, techno, you know, will actually become, you know, a really big factor because they've had the market to themselves, and now competition is coming really fast.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to get into some of the other drag racing things that you guys have done with it. Um, uh, before, let me tell you guys about uh, Geico. Whether you own your home or rent your home, we know it can be a lot of hard work, but you know it's easy. It's bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And we know that's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home already. Just go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. All right, so all things... uh, all things considered, you brought the car out, you did your tests, you did your quality tests, you did your performance tests. Um but and as fun as that is, then you took it out to uh I guess Willow or something and and had the the fun, the fun fun version. <laughs> What'd you guys do out there?
2: So th- this was a, a a genuine challenge for us is like what what can you actually what can you actually put against uh, a Plaid uh, from a performance perspective, you know, and the Rimac was, is another EV, but as I say, isn't, isn't available yet. And also is a, you know, multi-million dollar supercar. Um, so we, t- we actually got a guy called, called Chris Moore, who's a fantastic character. He's a, he's a professional bike. When I say bike, motorcycle drag racer. Uh, he's got a fantastic YouTube channel, really charismatic guy. And he agreed to come along. And then we borrowed uh suzuki hayabusa <laughs> and uh kawasaki uh zx 14r because they were the only things that actually were also running nine second quarters uh, and we all went up to well I, well I say all i didn't do this but i missed out on the fun unfortunately but we went to streets of willow and uh, sorry no big willow proper willow springs and actually did a drag race there now the challenge for the bike the, the, the first film is actually live now and there's another drag race to to come but um the challenge for the bike is that it was really windy. And actually, as, as he started to, as the front wheel started to lift, he was getting a lot of you know, side wind, which was trying to swipe the bike out. But it was still <laughs> remarkably close. Without giving the game away, the Plaid the plaid marginally wins. But it was pretty extraordinary to watch the footage of the of the two of them going side by side.
1: It's fantastic. Do you guys going to do some other, other drag racing? Are you going to find other things to go up against the Plaid?
2: We've got one more, which I, I we've got one more coming out later this week, uh, which will be which will be a good one, and and actually illustrates just how fast the uh, how fast that platter the, the platter actually is. Uh, but then, but then, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, it had to go back. But I didn't also didn't tell you, Matt, that it made me made me sick, which is an interesting <laughs> conundrum. Uh, what happened? So you'll, you'll see this in the film because they, they kept the cameras running on me, which is slightly unfair. But I just started on the track driving the Plaid around a handling circuit. And initially it was driving for camera. Then it was basically on my own. And I just started to feel more and more sick. Now, I don't get travel sick. I don't even get sick on a boat. And it just started to get worse and worse. You know you get that awful feeling where you get, like, fluid in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And you start, you know, you're just like, oh, I'm going to have to stop. So I had to come back to the – um to the pits and a camera guy that we were working with we'd used our model y that we own as a support vehicle and he'd been complaining about the same thing in our model y and i talked to a couple of other people and apparently this is a thing because your body your brain is used to noise and everything else the fact that you're taking away that uh, that sense can sort of confuse and baffle your brain and then the fact that you're going so fast and there's so much g-force going on Actually, I don't know whether like Formula E races and things like that have had similar problems, but it's something we're going to dig into a bit. But I was like, I, I mean, I was OK, like, you know, bottle of water. Ten minutes later, I was fine and I'm getting vilified for it on the <laughs> YouTube comments. But uh, but it was a really weird sensation because it's not something that happens to me. In
1: in regards to Formula E, that's a that's an open cockpit car. And I was going to say you you're filming. You, you can't roll the window down. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of noise. So I, I felt like maybe if you got a little air, that would give your brain a sense of speed beyond just the vehicle moving.
2: That right? might be a, that might be a really good point. That actually, in a in a Formula E car, you've got you know you do have wind rushing. It's open cockpit. You've got a lot of you've got a lot of additional sensor stuff going on. Uh, whereas in a um, you know in, in the Tesla, you are sort of divorced from reality.
1: You know, if you think about like taking away one of the senses, uh, in this regard, uh, Space Mountain at Disneyland. Uh, Space Mountain feels like it's a really fast roller coaster, but uh, and if I got this correctly, if I remember this correctly, it's not quite as fast as you think it is. But what you can't see is they blow air on you at certain points of of the track, so they're they're simulating a sense of speed without making the roller coaster go faster or whatever, for whatever reason, call it a safety issue, call it a, a timing issue or whatever. But they had to sort of simulate a sense of speed because if they're basically taking some sound away or some vision in that regard away, what do you do, right? You need to increase something. So I maybe maybe if you crack a window. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that, that's really. I didn't know about about space mountain, but that's a really interesting point. Yeah, how you're, um, and whether you just need your brain to kind of get used to the fact that we're all going to be flying around in EVs, and one of your sensory perceptions has uh, has gone. I don't know. It, it was just really strange because I, I felt terrible for about ten minutes.
1: <laughs> okay, so is there anything else? Anything else to talk about on uh, on Tesla before we move on? So Plaid. Badass vehicle, obviously, performs. It's a monster for talking about bang for the buck. Uh, the yoke is a joke. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it could make you sick. I don't know. <laughs> Aside from that, it seems like an incredible performance.
2: It is. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it is an experience like you've never had before. And, you know, you and I have been fortunate to drive lots of very fast cars but just the instantaneous thrust and the lack of noise and everything else. And the fact that it's so accessible, you're not, you know, you just, you literally plant your foot and go. It, it's, it is, you need to experience it, Matt. It's a, it's, it's a different kind of thing. It really is. But there's also a point at which it's to kind of killing, maybe this is a bigger conversation sometime, but you know, when I grew up, it was like, Oh, the F40 does zero to 60 and 3.9. And the nine, five, nine is 4.1. And, there was this kind of like performance race, and it was incredibly exciting. Now this car's come along, and all EVs are doing zero to sixty in like three seconds or something like that. It takes away that that fun and that that game that we we all used to enjoy because it's kind of like the end of performance. Because there's just no point going faster than this. In fact, there's no point going this fast, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's it's for social media. right yeah. it's it's part of the marketing buzz on it, right? like Tesla's been very creative with creating this type of buzz and never really spent money on marketing, you know, traditionally. Maybe they do – you know, there, there's some sort of marketing going on, obviously, right? Influencers, social media, I don't know, the paid search, things like that. But but they're just not running Super Bowl commercials, <laughs> you know? It's just kind of a, a different approach to doing it, and they've been getting away with it.
2: Right? Yeah, they have, it, and, and, been, and, you know, credit – it, credit to them. I mean, I'm you know, often accused of being tough on them, and I think we're tough on them when, when, you know, when, when things don't work. But, but yeah, I mean, it's a phenomenal story. Uh, the question will be in the next three or four years. We just had a couple of guys at the Munich Auto Show this week, and you know, Mercedes has rolled out an electric G Wagon and an EQ, mm-hmm. a, a, an electric e, e Class. You know, the competition is coming, and it's going to be superb. You know, and the question for Tesla will be, you know, where are all the new products? Where are the quality improvements? How are they going to sustain this in the next five years? And, you know, all the, you know, the Tesla stuff and this extraordinary fan base, which jumps on everything that you do. And some of the I mean, some of the stuff I'm getting on YouTube is, you know, is, it, the commentary is downright abusive. And I don't think it does the brand any good either. And I think internally, they kind of, Tesla will accept that as well. So it's going to be a fascinating three or four years for Tesla. Can they sustain the thing? And, and, you know, also the supercharging network, which is their trump card at the moment, you know, Electrify America and everybody else are going to catch up eventually. And at the moment, Tesla has a clear market lead. And it's the main reason for buying a Tesla. But, you know, that will change over time as well. So where will Tesla be in five, 10 years? It's, uh, it's, you know, it's a fascinating time. We talked about this before.
1: Yeah, well, they're definitely like you said, they're they're definitely ahead of the game. There's a few things that um, you know, as a company, I agree they could they should probably focus on put their attention to, like you said, some of the build quality, some of the build materials and uh, and if they get that right, that's a def- that's a difficult car to surpass, you know. Now it does take away from from Mercedes and Porsche and Audi, which is banking on their build quality and build materials and the you know sort of the you know the history they've built as far as being a luxury brand you know so if tesla can compete with it now now it's uh it, they could do very i mean obviously they do well but the longevity of it is still who knows
2: yeah and then they still haven't got the overheads with you know, they still got a, a great way of going to market that saves them money. They're not spending on the marketing that the old world is, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, you know, there's a lot. There's still a lot they're of opportunities dealers.
1: For them. Like yeah, their infrastructure for dealers or whatever yeah. they're doing.
2: They're supercharging network. You know, it, it's just it, it's just that developing cars is really expensive. And you just look at it and think, you know, where is the next Model S? The, the Cybertruck's been delayed for another year. You know, so that's not now coming out till the end of next year. So, you know, how do you sustain this extraordinary success? I mean, you know, Elon Musk and the whole team have done an incredible job of building a car brand. But, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a tough few years ahead, I suspect. All
1: right, so let's turn the page real quick and tell us what you know about the new Raptor, third-gen Raptor.
2: Yeah, we drove that. Interesting you're talking about the TRX and the Hennessy. I mean, the, the Raptor's got half the power of the hennessy is 450 horsepower yeah. which these days doesn't sound like doesn't sound like a lot but travis langness from the team went to um went to vegas to drive it and you know came back came back impressed felt like done a, done a really nice job with it you know it's a it's a great off-road truck but it's also very usable on the road so um it's uh it's um it's a good thing and uh, we have a video on our youtube channel out about that now
1: it looks it looks interesting. Ed, uh, we'll can't wait to get our hands on it. And people were asking because we touched about it on it last week that uh, I thought it was coming out this summer, and then next summer was the Raptor R. But obviously, everything is is delayed with chip shortages and things like that. So I mean, it's just it's just that's where we are with it. And. As much as we'd like to say it's all gonna get worked out soon, it's probably gonna not get worked out later. <laughs> it's, you know. It is. I mean
2: we finally I finally just got a, a VIN number for the build of our Bronco. Yeah. Which we ordered I can't even remember when we ordered it, but we were supposed to get it delivered last December. And I think if it's built in in Michigan in November, it's probably gonna land in LA in probably early December. Yeah. And we were kind of looking at this thing and and so it's a year late and one of the guys in the office said, because I've been running the order, said to me, what roof have we got? And I said, you know what, I can't remember because I've changed the roof about (laughs) four times. We started off with hard and soft top, then we went to body colour hard top maybe, then we went to black. I I genuinely can't remember what roof we had because every time they rang me up I said, just want the car as fast as possible. Don't care too much about the roof. Just just give me the car. We'll add a soft top later. Yeah. And now I can't remember whether it's body color or whether it's black or whether it's the soft top. Tell
1: me you so don't need a roof. Be...
2: You're in California. You don't need it. Exactly. It was almost, it almost that point. Like, send it on. Mail order. <laughs> That's right. Just post, send... post me the roof on.
1: You can send the car in August and send the, the roof in December. That would be fine. Uh, okay. Well, it sounds... Uh, the uh, the Bronco, of course, obviously sounds interesting. People are starting to get them. Raptor sounds cool. Raptor R is going to be badass as well. Uh, there's a a lot of the hardcore truck guys kind of getting into it some more and talking about the suspension, some of the changes, and how does it compare to T R X? And we we touched on a little bit of that last week. But as we you know get to see the vehicle up close in person, I think we'll get into a little bit more. But um, It should be kind of interesting. Let me tell you guys about Good Guys. The Good Guys Rod and Custom Association is coming to Loveland, Colorado. It's the 23rd Colorado Nationals presented by Grealts Garage. It's at the uh, Ranch Events Complex uh, September 10th through 12th. It's right around the corner, so you better hurry up. There's 2,000 classic cars and trucks on display with an autocross a burnout competition, vintage dragster exhibition, and more. There's a huge swap meet and a specialty auto auction you'll want to check out. Bring the whole family. There's live entertainment. There's a model and pedal car display. There's a whole kid zone that's free. Uh, Speaking of kids, six and under get in for free to the event as well. But you can go to goodguys.com. Use promo code CARCAST for $5 off your spectator ticket. So good-guys.com. Go on there, buy tickets. Use promo code CarCast. Get five dollars off your spectator ticket. Uh, all right, so are we missing anything? We got uh, Edmonds.com slash road noise. That's the uh, that's the big uh, that's the big site you want to go to. Check out all the fun videos. We've got a Raptor video up there. We've got your Tesla video up there. You got your Tesla drag race video up there. That's been uh, pretty new. I'm sure there's more.
2: Nissan Z. We just had a good look at. Um that was fun. Uh, I did a, a thing with the new Macan or the facelifted Macan, the 2022, um, which is a really nice thing. So yeah, we've had a we've had like you know a, couple, a few weeks of huge amounts of content. So um, yeah, lots going on.
1: I I like the Porsche Macan. I think it's um I think it's a good fun vehicle. But I forgot which trim. I don't know if this new facelift. It's sort of the turbo version or whatever they call it now. One of them is goofy looking in the front, so
2: I, I don't know yeah it has a, it has this like plastic black plastic sort of smile yeah and, it, and it's it, it's quite color dependent If you get a you know if you get a black car it goes away. so
1: yeah
2: uh, it's almost like they felt that they had to change something and that was the easiest and cheapest thing to change. so it's still a nice <laughs> thing though it's such a nice it, as long as you can cope with the fact that it's not that big, it's such a nice car to drive.
1: Yeah, well I I drove the TRX here and it's awfully big. And uh I'm looking down below me I'm um, going, "Oh, that guy in the McKen, he he's got it going on. He knows how to drive that thing easy to drive in this bumper to bumper traffic." Uh, again, go to edmonds.com. You can follow Alistair on uh, on Twitter. He's Alistair Weaver on Twitter. Tell him what you think of him and his driving skills. And it <laughs> and is <laughs> yoke versus joint. Don't
2: join. <laughs> uh, also, stop calling me old. I'm, I, that's the other thing. I mean, I've been accused of being old. That's why I got sick because I'm old.
1: Because you're old? I'll, well, you did literally bring up in your video you're like, here's the Model S debut with the young man with the dark hair to the. Uh, to the man sitting in front of me with the hasn't shaved in a few days, got a little salt and pepper up on top.
2: <laughs> I was twelve years old though when I did the Model S. In when 2012. you did the Model S. Uh, follow him uh, on Instagram. I'm still, I'm still I'm still younger than you, Matt.
1: That's true. That will always remain. That's how that works. Uh, so he's uh, Alistair Weaver on Twitter, and he's Weaver on Cars on Instagram, and of course follow Edmonds everywhere. You guys will like what they're doing. We're having a lot of fun with it. So always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you very much. Uh, I think that's uh, pretty much it. Until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.
0: Rockauto.com. Why spend thirty to fifty percent, even a hundred percent more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to rockauto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for twenty years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, everything from engine control modules, to brakes, to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you an amazing selection